Do you love early intervention, but feel like you need more mentorship and information to thrive in this setting? We're here to provide a safe, inclusive community where we learn from and uplift one another. It's our mission to prepare students and practitioners to be confident and competent working in early intervention. Hi, I'm Amira Johnson. I'm Danielle DiLorenzo. And I'm Sarah Putt. And together, we're the real OTs of early intervention. This episode is brought to you by OT for Life. If you love connecting with other occupational therapy practitioners and getting inspired by all the amazingness that our profession has to offer, head on over to otforlife.com. That's OT, the number four, L-Y-F-E dot com for more resources. And while you're there, take a listen to the OT for Life podcast. Today, we are going to talk about why we love early intervention so much. So Amira, we all know you love babies. So please tell us why. Of course. So I love babies. I mean, who doesn't love babies? They're adorable. They're squishy. They got chubby cheeks, some smushy little rolls, and it is adorable. But even more so than that, infants, their brains are just rapidly developing. They are little sponges ready to soak up all the knowledge in the world. And I love that we are the ones who are there right from the very beginning. And we're able to coach parents on how they can facilitate milestones and things like that. So I just love working with babies. I love being able to be a part of those first few precious moments of their development. I love it. What about you, Sarah? One of the big things that I love about working in early intervention is working in the natural environment. Being that I have experience working in the schools and working in the clinics, I have really kind of gotten this holistic view of lots of different areas that you can work in, but there's something special. There's something magical about working within the client's home, working with their furniture, their toys, their materials, getting to know their family, their extended family, their neighbors, whoever else decides to show up during a session. There's just something so special about being in their homes with them that I I love. I love. I mean, I honestly, I can't say it enough. I love it. So Danielle, what do you got? I absolutely love how intuitive babies are. Everyone thinks babies are these fragile little beings that are so helpless. However, they are giving us so much amazing information from the moment they enter into this world. When I started an early intervention back in 2000, I remember being so young myself, not a mother, thinking, how could I ever go into the home and really work with these babies? But then when I started focusing on the babies and their signs, and then just telling me what they needed, I was able to share that with the parents. I love empowering the parents and the caregivers. There is something so magical that happens when you go into a home And you see this family for the first time, you might be the first individual that's ever gone in that they've ever expressed any type of concerns. And I love being the person to say, hey, it is going to be okay, but not like it's going to be okay. I'm going to come in and save everything. It's not about the magic wand, right? Yeah. It's about that empowerment truly. And over my years, the hundreds and thousands of parents still that I'm in contact with this day that I get to see their babes grow up across like this lifespan. There's something to be said about having the opportunity to strengthen that child caregiver dyad to support all areas of development. 
you totally just reminded me of something. And it's another reason that I love working in early intervention. And it really is celebrating the small wins. It's the little things that happen on a daily basis. Sometimes it's only one or two a day. Sometimes it might take a couple of weeks, but like there's always something small that will happen. And I'll look over and the kid is smiling and the mom or the dad or the caregiver is smiling. And it really just reminds me of like just celebrating those small wins and really for a kid to be able to lift their head up when they're in tummy time or to roll over or to take their first step or to say their first word. I feel like now in life, we only celebrate these like huge things that happen, but working in early intervention, it's all about those little tiny things that happen. Maybe it's even the first time the kid like looks and smiles at the caregiver and it's like, amazing. And I love that we are the ones who point that out to the parents. I find that a lot of parents, it's really tough for them to focus on those small wins and those small moments because they're waiting for their kiddo to roll over or to crawl or to walk. But there's so many small, many milestones that we have to remind them that they're reaching along the way. And I think that it helps that we as therapists, you know, we get to come in and say, well, we haven't seen you guys in two weeks and look at all of these wonderful, amazing things that you guys have. Have done and we can, you know, yes, the baby or the toddler has done that, but the parent has done that. And that just really goes back to why I really love early intervention, along with working with the babies and working with these parents and instilling that confidence in them and just really empowering them as parents. And I think that's just such a beautiful part of what we do. I also think when you celebrate those little wins, it starts to build this level of confidence within the caregiver that no matter what is going on, no matter what the diagnosis, no matter what the concerns are, you start to see this sense of hope. And I really didn't understand what that was like in any other role until I really became a parent in early intervention. And I remember my son's teacher and when she would come into the home, I loved hearing all about all these things. But what she always reminded me was, she's like, you can do this. You have been doing this. Look at what you've done. You followed this strategy and you did this. You did this. And I keep thinking, no, no, but you did this you got him to sign and and you had faith, but it's that level of faith that we all have in our kids and our parents on our caseload. So when I would walk into a house and I would start to develop this relationship with the family, they could see the level of excitement that I was getting for them and kept putting it back on them. Every time they would tell me, what am I going to do without you? How am I going to make this through? And I said, what are you talking about? You're going to be amazing. You are going to be amazing because you are the caregiver. You are the parent and you know your child best. I'm just coming in and seeing things from a different perspective and help giving you a way to shift your mindset to be, Hey, okay. I do have these tools. I do have these supplies at home. And again, like Sarah piggybacking off of what you said, there is something about the natural environment. You do become part of this family. I will always have those families. And I'm sure you, you ladies have them too, that you will never forget that you will still stay in touch with that. They've always left a special place in your heart, but every family does that no matter what. It's just in a different way. It's always so individualized, right? And each experience with each kid, with each family, you always bring something amazing and you're always able to just, again, educate and empower. Yeah, we have to dig into this connection with the families because- I feel like in this practice area, it's different than a lot of other practice areas where we really get such a strong connection with our families. And like what you just said, Danielle, like we almost become part of the family and 
get invited to birthday parties and special events and whatever is going on. And honestly, as I'm talking about it, I'm like getting goosebumps because it's just that feeling of like, we are there to support the families, to support the children, but all of a sudden the families just embrace us. And it's like, yeah, you're one of us and we're never going to let you go. (laughs) I think that's just such a special part about this setting. And I love that you're bringing up this connection with the families, because that is honestly like the top thing that I know I had to really learn to do going into the home. If you're going into someone's home, that is their sanctuary. That is where they relax every day. And so just, you know, honoring and respecting that as a boundary, but using it to open up a door to that connection with that family. And I think it's just so important to establish from the beginning is just getting to know each other, talking, laughing about, you know, what they had for lunch that day or something, but you, you just form these really intimate relationships that you need with the parents in order for them to want to carry over the strategies that you later suggest. It's, It's just such a foundational part of this setting is really building that relationship with the families. And I know like today I got an email from one of my families I worked with and they did charged a couple months ago. And she was like, I just wanted to update you. And she sent over a picture of the kiddo and, oh, it just warmed my heart because it just let me know that not only did they leave a special place or a special mark on my heart, but I left a mark on their heart. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. And it's just such an incredible thing that we have that is, I think, very unique to our setting. It is called an IFSP for a reason. It is literally the only family-centered practice within all of the different practice areas that you can do. And Amir, when I get those emails, when I see these updates, it just shows like, look at the foundation that can be set within early intervention, the connectedness of the practitioner and the family And this bond, it is a forever bond that you have, especially when you're one of the first people going in the home and identifying that there is an area of concern. That is a very scary time. I know it. I've lived it. And it didn't matter that I had 20 years of experience. It still didn't prepare me for your child is autistic. Your child has a brain injury. But when you're going through this, I remember talking to Sarah and saying, this is so hard. All of the people that I have to talk to, all of the questionnaires that I have to fill out, all of these people just telling me what I should do and shouldn't do. But in early intervention, they just empowered me. They helped guide me. They helped like remind me, okay, this is about play. This is about just using play and floor time and connectedness and this level of intimacy and interaction within it. And when I would be holding a baby and modeling different type of ways to put them on the floor or to be successful with tummy time or to support standing or support reaching. And then I'd be like, okay, you try. And I remember they'd be like, oh, no, 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 I can't. And I'm like, oh, there are no I can'ts in early interventions. There are only I can, and we are going to keep doing this until you feel comfortable enough to where you say, look, look what I did. And I think that's what I always had in mind. How can I help the family turn those I can'ts, I don't knows into I can, and I know now, and now I know what to look for. There's something really special about that. And it's so unique. Early intervention is such a unique profession in itself. And I know we're all stuck in this virtual world right now, but now we're revamping and rethinking family involvement on a whole nother level because of what the pandemic has forced us to do. I've been able to channel those early intervention skills 
into this virtual world because now it is all about the parent. And what I love is that same thing. The parents are seeing what their children can do. They are feeling empowered with the interventions that we're providing and successful with our guidance. And early intervention is truly the birthplace of this intimate connection with families, caregivers, their child. It just sets this beautiful stage to just continue to grow and learn all about their kids. Exactly. I think it's all about just starting them off on the right foot. I'm sure that we've all had families that have come to us and they've had negative experiences with other therapists, other healthcare professionals. And for me, working in early intervention, when I get to be oftentimes the very first therapist that comes in and works with this family, and I get to like set the stage and be like, okay, A, therapy is amazing. B, occupational therapy practitioners are the best. Let me show you. I'm not just going to tell you. Let me show you why. And I'm going to be here to support you through this whole journey. And again, I think it's just so important that we are able to do that and really bring that power, bring that education and bring that awareness piece to the families and the kids from the very, very beginning. And Sarah, I just love that you talk about starting them off on the right foot because Danielle, earlier you said, you know, I love the babies. I do. I love the babies. And I've had the incredible experience to be in a couple of NICUs, the neonatal ICUs. And I thought that's where I was going to end up. I just knew it. I was like, I'm going to get a NICU OT job as soon as I graduate. And then being in the NICU, I realized I want to be that provider to support them as they transition home. So that's really what prompted me to start thinking a little bit more about early intervention, even as a new grad, because I knew that that is where I would be able to be that type of therapist to start these kiddos off on the right foot when they had such a rough go at life, whether they were born premature or if they had some kind of condition or mom had a a rough pregnancy or a rough delivery, I could be that person to really support these families as they transition to home from the NICU. So I love that that is a part of so much about what I get to do. And I think that having that background of understanding, well, what is the role of the NICU on the sensory development in infancy and really having that knowledge to share with parents, like it's not all in your head. Your child had this stay in the NICU and that's why you're seeing some of these things. So what can we do about it? But I I just love that you say that we get to start them off on the right foot. Right. I'm like, maybe the right foot or the right lifting their head, (laughs) trying to look at different (laughs) developmental milestones here. But I honestly, I'm like sitting here and the three of us are just beaming and smiling. And I love early intervention. I know. I love it so much. And it's so hard to sum it up in one way. And if you are thinking about getting into early intervention or wondering how you're even going to be able to work with babies, because a lot of people are afraid of babies. I have had I a lot of students <laughs> right, that have been like, oh, I don't, I don't even know what to do with a baby. And I'm like, you're only going to know what you don't really have to know. You're just going to feel it. It's not this set up, structured, pull out type of model. It is literally some days you're sitting on the floor and you're just talking. Some days I'm holding the baby while the parents are crying to me and we're talking about things. Some days we're modeling, some days we're outside, some days we're at the park, some days we're at a grocery store. It's so fluid. It is ever changing. It isn't stagnant. Every session is different. Every experience is different. 
in all these ways that truly are supporting the child's overall development. Everyone always thinks that early intervention focuses on progressing the child's development. I can promise you as both a parent and an early interventionist, it is about the relationship that supports the development of the child. And the more that you are in the home and learning about the family, and like you said earlier, Amir, respecting the sanctuary of the home, you are stepping into somebody's life. And then you're stepping out, you're stepping back in and you're stepping out, maybe weekly, maybe twice a week. You don't know what you're stepping into each week. And that is one of the beautiful things about early intervention you never know how you are going to support until the moment you walk right through that door and see what's on the other side. I honestly feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. And like every time one of you mentions something, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, definitely. It is clear that the three of us were drawn together for our love of babies and early intervention. And we each bring such a unique piece to the early intervention dyad with all of our experiences and our true innate love for the early intervention process. Today, you heard all about why we love early intervention. We want to know why you are here and what you love about early intervention. Shoot us an email at therealotsofei at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. We're so excited you joined us today. Check out our website, therealotees.com, for more information about anything discussed in the episode. And sign up for our email list so you don't miss out on any of our awesome EI resources. And join our amazing community of students and practitioners to get your questions answered and learn from others working in early intervention. Whether you're in the car, on your lunch break, or signing in to your next virtual session, thanks for keeping it real with the real OTs of early intervention.